Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everyone. This is our very first podcast, and I am Shauna Glidden. And I'm Debbie Surrett. And together, we are the Spirit Sisters. Sisters. We should have probably practiced that before we did this. Perhaps. (laughs) But it sounded pretty good. We did. Not too bad. We'll do it in harmony next time. Yeah. Yes, we will. And and one of the things that we want to share with you first off the bat is to be patient with us with this new technological stuff that we're doing. Oh, God. Um, yeah. Neither one of us is very techy, um, and you'll come to know that throughout our time together. And if we happen to lose you or you lose us, fear not. Um, we will record the podcast and we will upload it and put it uh, on our Spirit Sisters Facebook page, uh, where you could find the details to to get it on demand. So um, we just want you to know that we're not quite sure how this technological thing will work. So, yeah. yeah. No, but I have them. to say, this site has been very easy to navigate. So yes, it has um, actually. Yeah, it's, I think it's designed for people like us, Shona. It is. <laughs> so take it away, Deb. Oh, excellent. Well. Um, just welcome you guys, uh, all all one of you that are listening. <laughs> um, we're so excited. Honestly, this has been a long time coming. Um, probably about six or seven years ago, we started just sort of hashing over what if we did a little talk radio show. We, we were thinking in our, you know, my basement or something like Wayne and Garth on Wayne's World. But uh, um, and we've had amazing coffee talks for years since I've known my friend Shauna and um, I guess we just decided to turn this into a show so uh, here we go and we're so happy and pleased that um, this is a possibility now like we can actually do this and and non-techie people like us can figure this out so um, to all of our sisters out there listening or future sisters out there listening welcome we just we're just so happy to we can do this. Um, and and um, after I share this piece with you, Deb is going to just sort of give you a, a little bit of the format of the show so you know what to expect. Um, but the, the really important uh, beginning place of every show is I really want to invite you into shifting into sacred space for this hour. This is a really important thing for you to do and for us to do together is to allow ourselves to move out of the secular, which is the everyday world and and all that that means to you into the realm of spirit and sacred space. And, and as we do that together, we connect in this space, moving deeper into our bodies and our inner wisdom. And this is what you'll hear me talk a lot about. It's probably the... Um, the biggest aspect of who I am is, is embodiment. And this is the place where we live in our body, where we feel, where we know, where we connect to our own inner wisdom, the wisdom that we've been from always, and that universal wisdom of the great mother, the great goddess and great spirit, and the creator of all things. So we really want this to be a nurturing space where you grab a cup of tea or coffee or a glass of wine if that's what you prefer. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and come together and I will at the beginning of every show do something that helps to move us into that sacred space and I will call in the powers of the direction quickly and just connect us to that universal center of the great mother so that we can together elevate our energy and um, discover new things about ourselves and share with one another. Um, We have a chat feature that Debbie and I will figure out how to use um, where we can connect with you um, online and eventually we will be able to have calls where you can call in in parts of the shows in the future. So, um, I just invite you now to sort of leave all of your everyday out 
outside at your front door, wherever that is, and know that you can come and grab it later. Take a big, deep breath into your nose, down into your belly, out your feet and deep into the earth to connect with the roots of the oldest grandmother tree and ground and ground and ground. Keep breathing in and out. Let go of the world and the fears and the stress and the hurry of the season. And breathe in, down your feet, deep into the earth, and connect with that roots of grandmother tree. And know that at any moment you can do this and we are deeply connected in sacred space. And I call in the powers of the four directions and the four worlds of Grandmother Earth to come and be present with us all tonight. I call to our ancestors of the highest light and good character that love us, who are waiting to hear from us, to come and be present with us now. Share your wisdom and knowledge. Guide us and nurture us and wrap your arms around us so we are safe and relaxed and in this space that we can learn and grow and be ourselves together. And a call to the angels and archangels and the guardians that love us, our power and dream animals, and our higher, highest self, our wise woman, the woman who knows us from always, since always and now. And to those playful fairies of the light that love us, that are only of good character. Be kind and gentle with us, but come and play with us tonight. May we all be blessed. Ashe, ashe, ashe. Do you see why I like to have coffee with this lady? <laughs> <laughs> right we, back we at your girlfriend. We've turned a lot of heads at coffee stores. For coffee yes, shops. we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> As always, I can never, I can never do that, but Yes, you can. can. (laughs) Um, So I will be the comic relief of the pair. Uh, (laughs) No, I um, don't let her fool you. She's an old, old, wise woman. (laughs) Uh, So Shauna will be guiding us every week into a beautiful prayer, uh, an opening prayer, an opening of the sacred space that we're in. And I don't know about you guys, but I feel it. It's awesome. Uh, We're actually not in the same... uh, room tonight and we probably will never be we're in our we're 30 kilometers away from each other so it is quite amazing that that we can feel the same energy and of course you know um, that's the way it works too true so each week uh, we hope to be bringing you a podcast um, the holiday season is coming up so there might be a week or two that we have to miss but uh, we hope not um, well we can what we'll do sorry to interrupt what we can do is actually We'll pre-record them, and you can upload yeah. them anytime. That's true. We can do yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and each week, I I'm quite a reader, as Shauna is as well, oh. and I have oh, a lot she's of a well, big reader. you know, I am a big reader. And I was saying that finally, all these books that are collecting some dust on my shelves <laughs> can be put to good use again. <laughs> so um, each week, I would like to call your attention to a book that I've read and enjoyed and perhaps will be um, helpful to you as well. And it will have something to do with our topic for the show. And tonight, because Shauna and I will be sharing our uh, spiritual uh, awakenings and journeys that led us to the show, um, I would like to talk about a book that I recently picked up. I wish I had found it uh, far earlier in my life, but uh, it's called The Spiritual Awakening Guide. Uh, The subtitle is Kundalini, Psychic Abilities, and the Conditioned Layers of Reality, and it's by uh, Mary Mueller Schutten. Uh, I apologize, Mary, if you ever hear me talk about this. I might have butchered your name, but uh, it's a beautiful, lovely book um, put out by Finhorn Press, and it has so much information about uh, all things mystical and psychic and and spiritual and um, and kind of freaky. So I, I learned a lot, and it really explained a lot for me as well. So I highly recommend it to you. And I think we were also going to perhaps have a uh, goddess of the week, weren't we, Shauna? Yeah, we're going to. So every week I will share with you a goddess of the week because everything I do is based on women and empowerment. And uh, Debbie does the same. So 
I will share about the goddess, her qualities, the medicine she carries, and you can work with her through the week to see how you can bring her into your life and embody her wisdom and power. Um, we'll uh, do this every week, and I will share a ritual with you, a quick, a quick little ritual that you can do to connect with her every week. So that should be fun. Yeah, great. So our topic this time, as you see in the Meet the Spirit Sisters uh, description, is that uh, we are going to be telling you uh, the Cliff Notes version, of course, um, <laughs> of who we are and what we do personally, professionally, um, what services we offer, uh, basically how we think about life and the world and how we are different <laughs> and um, why we want to be here on the show to share our story and share our wisdom and knowledge um, I know mine's still growing as anyone who's gone on this journey. The more you seem to learn, the more you realize you don't know. And I think you should always feel that way because the minute you think you know everything, well, life is going to knock you on your butt and you realize you won't know everything and you don't and you never will. Um, so a little bit about me. I'm, I grew up in rural Nova Scotia and I sort of live in rural Nova Scotia now. It's a little less rural than I grew up in. But uh, I have two sons who are almost grown, well, one's fully grown, the other one's on his way, and a wonderful husband who uh, has put up with my craziness over the last 25 almost years. Um, he's wonderful. Um, and I met Shauna. Uh, we moved to the valley here, the Annapolis Valley in Nova Scotia. Um, I guess it was 2002, and I think we met early 2003, if I'm not mistaken. Um, at the time, I was a hairstylist based out of my home. My boys were very small, and it was the perfect opportunity to work and still be a stay-at-home mom, which I really wanted to be. And Shauna met me because of a really nasty perm she had received. <laughs> bless, bless her heart. She had bad hair when I did. She's still beautiful. Um, so we got chatting, as you do with your hairstylist. You tend to tell them almost everything, which is probably why, well, I know it is why I have been led to um, do what I do now. Uh, anyway, she shared with me that she was a Reiki master, and I pretty much told her that if she taught me Reiki, I would give her free haircuts and hair colors. And so she took me up on it, even though I know she was a little reluctant <laughs> at the time. And she will explain why. Um, so thankfully, she uh, she decided to help me out. And I really was a skeptic. I have to tell you guys, I had learned about Reiki about a year before that, thought it was the craziest thing I'd ever heard of. Um, but discovered that I naturally had an ability do it and just didn't know what it was called so um, Shauna helped me give a name to this and that's when things started to really accelerate in my life before we had moved to the valley I had had some very unusual experiences dreaming um, saw my own aura one day thought I was literally having a stroke because I did not know what this was and it seems like that's how things showed up for me so if you're listening out there and you've had a similar experience where you have an experience and then you learn about it afterwards. Well, that's kind of how it worked for me. I, I would have these bizarre experiences that I had, I had no idea what to label it. I didn't know what to call it. And then I would read later about it. So I knew, I think the universe knew it had to do that for me because if I had learned about it first and then experienced it, I would have explained it away as, oh, I heard about that, so I made it up. So I know that that's not the case because I did everything backwards. Um, so I'm not sure. Uh, some people have told me that's called coyote medicine. I I don't know, but it's it's a or maybe that's something else. I don't know. Please please write in and tell us if it isn't. But um, it's backwards for me. So I will have a what the heck was that experience, and then later I will uh, learn about it. So um, so Shauna has been a guide for me, a dear friend, someone I know that I can tell her anything. 
Um, like if I dreamt I went to the moon last night and I woke up with a rock in my hand, she would totally go, yeah, okay, you obviously went there and not even blink. Like that's what kind of cool friend she is. <laughs> so I, um, I have treasured her friendship for many years. We, we just knew, felt like we knew each other for thousands of years when we met. And I know that that's a sign that we were probably in some lifetimes together. I don't know, but we definitely are in spirit sisters for sure. Hence our name, Spirit Sisters. So, so now I'm a Reiki master teacher. I uh, received my master tr- teacher training in Hawaii with William Lee Rand, which was an unbelievable blessing and honor to be able to do that. I um, trained to be a hypnotherapist. And all the while, I was still, still doing hair as my paid job, and hypnotherapy was a passion. I went back to a university, learned some psychology courses to give so I could have some actual technical names for things I was experiencing. And my true passion is working with um, my mediumship abilities, which basically came hand in hand with my Reiki uh, training. I would have to say my Reiki practice. As many people report, um, when you delve into the energy uh, healing world, often you are uh, raising your frequency of energy, and that allows you to communicate with people that have crossed. And that is, I have to say, my deepest, deepest honor and privilege to be able to do that for people, to help people with grief and stuck grief. And I'm particularly interested in trauma and PTSD and helping people move through that. Um, the work of Peter Levine um, in his Unspoken Voice book, if you've not read that if, and you're interested in the trauma um, world it's it's amazing so i i just deeply love healing work and um i'm still in the beauty industry in a different way now but i um i feel like that really helped me be comfortable with people's stories and holding space with them and i really really am so fortunate to be able to to uh, do readings for people and reiki and i just love it so Shauna is definitely my go-to girl for when I need to say, Shauna, what was that? What the heck was that? <laughs> she always seems to know. I don't know how she, and she, she, she doesn't know stuff, but she knows stuff. So, yeah. so that's pretty much it. I, I really feel like uh, we've had so many interesting conversations and I thought, why not make this into a show? This, so this is really what it is. Us having coffee with you guys listening along. So, yeah. Well, I, um, I say ditto to a lot of that. Um, I, uh, as Debbie shared, uh, met her from a bad hair experience. I lived, I was born in Nova Scotia and um, moved to a different province when I was very young. And I had in that province a lot of wonderful experiences about my intuition in the same kind of way I have contrary medicine, which is coyote medicine too. And I have to experience it and not completely understand it and then live through it and get the teaching of what that is and integrate that into my acceptance of the gifts that I carry in my own medicine. And when I say medicine, um, that means the the talents I have, the uh, energy and the power that goes with that, the wisdom that I carry. And uh, each of us has a particular set of gifts that are our power in medicine. And um, our job in this lifetime is to acknowledge that they're there and to learn how to use them and balance them and uh, grow them and share them with others. So, Um, When I lived in this other province, um, let me back up. When I was a kid, I had lots of spiritual experiences. I had flying dreams. I had dreams where I knew things ahead of time. I felt spirits, but I didn't know that's what it was. Um, And and I could predict events, and, and I had a lot of anxiety. And understanding now, later in life, that that was my... Um, ability to be an empath and be intuitive and know and feel things um, in a non-concrete kind of way um, through my intuition and my ability to know. And and it scared me because I grew up in a family where, you know, uh, I had uh, a wonderful father, but he was uh, very afraid of his own emotions. 
and he struggled with um, I think his sensitivity he was very sensitive even though he was a businessman and my mother was very intuitive um, but was terrified of it because she grew up in a very strong uh, Scottish family that really felt um, anything that wasn't concrete was kind of crazy or part of the devil I'm sure back in the Presbyterian day um, and so she couldn't really embrace her own. So there was no one to teach me and mentor me, which I think Debbie and I have talked about a lot. You know, we didn't grow up in a kind of environment where people go, oh, yeah, that's a blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about that. And this is how you deal with it, you know. So both of us um, went on these journeys of experience. And I lived uh, in a very uh, tumultuous kind of environment that you know, added to that anxiety and stress. And and so I had some pretty pivotal experiences, um, some out-of-body experiences when I was a teenager. Um, And I saw myself actually floating around the classroom where I had fainted. And I saw people and I saw what they were doing. Um, I had profound dreams that would happen. Um, I remember as a child coming to visit uh, my great-aunt Marjorie, who I adored, who was a Scottish woman that was very prim and proper, but I think she was pretty intuitive, but she didn't talk about it. And her husband, George, had passed away, and I would feel him in the room that he passed away, but didn't know what to do with that. You know, so I had lots of experiences uh, that tempered me to be afraid of my gifts and talents. And so when I was about 30, um, in this other province, I met this, powerful medicine woman who was a bit not in integrity but I didn't know that till much later um, and uh, she was part of bringing me into this medicine path that I started to learn about myself it was a shamanic path um, I became a Reiki master in a very serendipitous way and then you know this shamanic path found its way to me and I found it and I've been in sweat lodges, I've had cord cuttings, I've learned crystal doctoring, so I'm a medium, a psychic, a shamanic practitioner, um, a therapist uh, or counselor, and I worked in my non-spiritual work as a therapist and counselor for women and children and youth, and did a lot of work with behavioral children and Um, in and out of schools, in private practice, uh, working with sexual abuse and empowerment. And um, as I was doing this work, I would get children and uh, youth in systems that they didn't know what to do with. And um, I would have this profound success with them. And I discovered that it wasn't just this therapeutic gift and training I had, but it was kind of like this intuitive place. And I would know things and know sort of how to connect with kids, um, you know, and I would be guided. You know, I had a uh, very powerful experience with um, a child that I knew who came to me with a school problem who I knew had cancer and nobody knew. So I encouraged the parents to go and seek medical attention and definitely she had cancer and someday I will tell that powerful story. I can feel her in my heart as I speak because she's since passed. Um, And that was profound. I was pregnant with my second child at that time. So I have had these powerful experiences where I'm very concrete, I'm very analytical, I'm comfortable in my head and I think deeply. And then I'm very intuitive and I know things and I see things and I couldn't find the way into those worlds. And so fast forward, you know, as I'm doing all this, I decide I'm going to go back to university as a very, very, very mature student. (laughs) And I moved here to Nova Scotia, which is my ancestor's land. And I found out that the school that I went to had an ancestor connection. And someday I will tell you that story about how those ancestors literally found their way to me. Um, So my time here was quite difficult because I was in a university. And the second year I packed up all my stuff that was spiritual. I went, well, I'm crazy. This isn't real. Let's put that in a box because what was I thinking? And then I had a bad perm. 
And my bad perm brought me to this amazing, incredibly, deeply, profoundly compassionate and wise woman, Debbie. And um, I've told her before, and I will tell her again, that she was part of healing this wound in my sisterhood place. Um, And uh, she really was a gift. And out of these conversations we would have over hair and, you know, teaching her Reiki. And I just wanted, she gifted me hair in exchange for Reiki. And I just wanted the hair. And she and just I just wanted, wanted the Reiki. <laughs> and out of that started to emerge my spiritual reconnecting and reclaiming. And the journey that followed was profound and amazing and kind of mind-blowing, to be quite frank. And it was uh, doing and then going, what was that? And then figuring it out. Yeah. Um, You know, and um, I want you to know that everything about me is that embodied place. I'm lived experience and knowledge. I'm a feminist that believes that, you know, power lives in us. It's our emotion. It's our feeling. It's what we know to be true. It's the place that you know, has been silenced because there's typically no language for what we are going through. And that's why we need sisters and women to go, oh, yeah, maybe I don't get that, but I get that on some level, you know? And that's what's happened with us. And um, it's been a profound and magical journey. And, you know, I have my own business now, um, and I do shamanic work. I... I, um, sharing my psychic gifts in my readings and I'm coming out of the medium closet and sharing with people how the ancestors speak to me because they always have and I'm now in this I'm in my very 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 late 50s and I'm now finally in that crone time where I'm comfortable in my body and I'm comfortable in this place of knowing I'm a medicine woman and I know things And I don't have to explain that, but it has been, and Debbie will attest as a witness and a of the journey, a very powerful and difficult place for me to reclaim. Yeah. I I do not go easy into that deep night. No, she doesn't. No, she doesn't. Um, And my final thing to share with you tonight is um, until the next part where we share our story of some things that brought us here. Um, I wanted to tell you that, you know, um, this has come full circle for me. I went to school in my earlier years, in my early 20s, um, and went to journalism and broadcast and advertising in college. And I mostly did um, cafeteria arts and played cards, which I normally don't do, and drank coffee with friends because it was so boring. And it didn't engage me except for the radio part. And part of it was actually doing a radio broadcast show at noon for an hour every week for so many weeks as part of my training on how to deliver a radio show, which I promptly forgot And just a couple of days ago, as Debbie and I are putting this together, I went, oh, my God, I totally forgot that I did that. Yeah. And so it just showed me, and and it is true for all of us. I want you to know this. Mm -hmm. I speak from that place that knows it is true for all of us. We come full circle. The most serendipitous things, and even if you serve coffee at a coffee shop, Mm -hmm. I promise you something about that is meaningful for you and your development and your spiritual growth and a part of your gifts because just because you serve coffee doesn't mean what you do has no meaning. It has meaning to every single person. I am, like I tell Debbie, we here in Canada have a place called Tim Hortons. I, I am, they are the gods and goddesses of coffee, okay? <laughs> I, I would evaporate without caffeine, yeah. right? So... They are meaningful, and they treat me with, you know, I love them. They're like family. So you get my drift. Every single thing we do connects to every other single thing we do. If we listen like Dorothy and follow those breadcrumbs, I promise you it comes together. So that's what we're hoping to do today and every day hereafter with all of you. Let's have a sense of adventure and curiosity and discover and unpack and play and, and, 
emote and be together in that sacred space so we can learn and grow and find our places on the wheel because they're waiting for all of us. Yeah. And you will never miss your boat because it's nope. your boat. Yep. Like your boat will always be at the dock waiting for you to I'm find shit. the damn dock. Yeah. And every step you take, even though it doesn't seem like it makes a lot of sense sometimes, because trust me, I have been in situations where I'm like, what in the hell drove me here? But yep. when I look back, it always made sense. Like, oh, the skill I learned there now helps me with this. So it is just having that faith that you will, there's never, I don't believe in accidents. I really don't. And that nope. might be a controversial thing to say. Because sometimes you hear stories where you go, oh, my good Lord, why would that ever happen? You know, and and I I know, well, I just know that there are no accidents, that, that everything has a purpose. Everything has a reason. And our job is to have faith and accept what it is and to look for the higher meaning and to find it within ourselves. No one can tell you what the higher meaning is for you. You nope. have to find it yourself. And Never. And it... it is that is your power that is you go from being victim to being a teacher or a, sorry a student of the situation and then you can be a teacher hopefully someday for others um as you become and that's embodiment that that's, that's how embodied. that's yeah. how feminists talk about lived experience as being yeah. our true power that's really it is. in a nutshell yeah. and it's our so job simple. is to stretch up into those places that scare us yeah. Um, no, I'm not talking about unsafe things. Not unsafe things. <laughs> no. I'm talking about the stretch of of what could be into who we really are outside the doubt and trust me, I have lots of that. Outside the shame and the guilt and the blame and the stories that we learned, they are not who you are. Yeah. I promise yeah. you. They are well, part of your lived experience that we can choose to step out of and say, thank you for teaching me that powerful lesson. But this is who I am. Right on. Amen. Amen, sister. Okay, now. Go ahead. So now I think we're ready to go into our our story. Together. Together. Okay, so we had, uh, you were still in university, Shauna, right? I was, and I was doing my master's uh, thesis. And. as part of that, I, and um, my thesis was about ecofeminism and clear-cutting in Nova Scotia and how women had been active against said thing. And was this, my question was, was this a spiritual thing? And really it was. And so I interviewed a whole lot of women here and, and um, we, I, I, I I have this weird thing with the internet. I just seem to find stuff that really needs to be the next step. I don't know what to call it. It's like I'm a savant because I really am not technological. So I found this website where these grandmothers were coming. What year was it, Deb? Uh, it was 2004, and it was October of that year. October 2004. Yeah. And it was, it was in Mandela, before. New York. Yes, and it was just the Mandela Center in Phoenicia, right. New York, I think. And it was just before their election uh, in 2004. I think I think Bush got in again, did he? Sadly, yeah, he did. Yeah, yes, he did. <laughs> and yeah. um, so <laughs> I had this idea that I really wanted to go and um, be part of this because this was on. Um, of saving the earth and the grandmothers from indigenous cultures were coming together and elders who were grandmothers, including Gloria Steinem and Alice Walker and others, a host of others were coming to this retreat to share for a, was it a full week? They were there, I think beginning that Sunday and the public was coming in on that uh, Thursday or Thursday night or Friday night, I think. And it was the weekend we did it. It was right? the weekend. Yeah. It was a Thursday, yeah. Friday, Saturday. Yeah. So I was, you know, I'm married and had kids and going to school and broke as you can imagine. And um, so I couldn't go and it was not cheap to fly there or take this retreat. So, you know, I'm talking to um, someone in the department about wanting, it was the um, Dean of Arts. And I this I wanted to get funding to go as a graduate student. And I think he misunderstood. And he talked to the graduate overall graduate uh, dean 
And I think they thought I was going to present, which I was very clear. I was just going to go to do research. But some magical way, I got completely funded to go, which apparently later people tell me department-wise was, like, unheard of. And, and I said to Debbie, hey, come with. And I said, okay, without really understanding what the whole thing was about. But I felt, I can't tell you, it was like a I felt compelled cool. to go. Yeah, it was I felt compelled. Yeah. Thing. Felt compelled, had no idea. I had just gotten my first degree in Reiki from you, I think three months right. before that. Yeah. So I was still spinning from that. And I just think I would have followed Sean into the depths of hell, probably, if she had <laughs> said, let's go to hell and see how hot it is. I would say, okay, I'll get my <laughs> jacket. Like <laughs> I'll get my flip flops. Let's go. That's too funny. So, I just didn't even question the fact. I just That's informed true, my husband, I'm going to New York with Shauna. And he said, okay, you know. Yeah, cool. we both have we both have the most yeah. magnificent husbands we do. that go, okay, right. how long are you going yeah. for? What's it going to cost? And what do I got to do yeah. when you're gone? Yeah, exactly. You know, and so, like, so let's just be clear that we, we definitely have support that, you know, makes this happen for sure. Yeah. That's right. So uh, we go. So, uh, so we, we go. First of all. <laughs> We, I want you to know that we had a real live jet plane from a real live Air Canada plane. In, and it takes us from Nova Scotia to the Toronto airport. And we're supposed to have a regular plane that goes from the Toronto airport to the Phoenicia airport or wherever the heck Albany. it landed. We flew into Albany. Uh, okay, so Albany. Yeah. This is why I need Debbie. Yeah. For a multitude of reasons. But anyway, so... <laughs> So apparently we're waiting and waiting and waiting, and I'm starting to feel this really bad anxiety. I don't fly comfortably, so I'm getting anxious, and I'm kind of like gulping, and it's long, long, long. I don't know how long, but it was long, right? Yeah, I remember we had to wait for a while. So suddenly they they say, oh, there's a problem with the plane, so they have to give us another plane. They give us a what was it a eight seater a twelve seater? Well, it was what it's one of those commuter planes, and I don't Thank think you. we expected like they oh, call them puddle so jumpers or yeah, it's the kind that you have a single row on each side. They might carry twenty people or something. So that was from Toronto to Albany, and it wasn't what we expected. You have to actually walk outside, and they put your luggage underneath. Like the pilots were actually packing your luggage for you. Like I thought they were the flight attendants, and like we were completely wide eyed. And oh, and and the pilot, fifteen years old, came so out. that freaked us as well. She looked like twelve or fifteen years yeah. old. No kidding. And I yeah. freaked. Yeah, yeah. we were thinking so we we're going to die. You know, <laughs> which was really silly was because bad. everyone else was very, very calm. Like obviously they had done it. Um, you know, it's 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 one of those. Come to find out later, it, it is a very common way to jump from those different little airports like people who fly for business and stuff they do it all the time no yeah. big deal but they're, yeah. they're if you've never been on one they're very loud and very scary they shake yes and shauna was shaking even harder than the plane <laughs> i was i thought i was gonna die oh, okay yeah, so my resistance yeah. was inside that travel yeah right so yeah. so the way that my resistance because i could feel something very powerful happening yeah and i was on on a spirit level it's really what i wanted but on this everyday level, you know, my Sheeta or my lower self or my shadow was scared to death. Yeah. You know, so that's the travel was a nightmare. Yeah, it was. It, so we rent a rent a car at Albany to drive to Phoenicia. It's been an hour south and the Catskill Mountains. It's absolutely gorgeous. It looks like Cape Breton and it was odd. It was uh, October. So the leaves were amazing. And I mean, but we get lost. We're turned around we're taking the wrong roads this is before I, we didn't have a gps system in the car i think it was before no because there was those stuff like that yeah then. we had a map and and we couldn't figure out the toll thing in the highway like it was just just stress well, and beyond stress and and, and the american without, highways oh well they're a little those different tolls, you can't get can. off like in, yeah. in <laughs> ontario in canada you can get off anywhere and find your way back, yeah. but in the and, tolls, and the pace you're like, going somewhere, yeah. whether you like it or not. Yeah, and the pace is faster than good old Nova Scotia. Okay. So we were just, you know, like two little scared, you know, imbeciles. So, so we finally reach the resort, and just before we get there, what do we see? But a deer, a beautiful deer, comes out of the woods and just looks at us, and we think, okay, this is good, good sign. <laughs> we didn't hit the deer. That was good. And we get into this 
uh, building, they were having the opening ceremony for the public, and there was probably, what, 300 people, would you say, Sean? Oh, yeah, easy, yeah. And the grandmothers, there's 13 of them. I guess one was in the absence. Alma Bombo from uh, Nepal had, did not make it because she had a, a ceremony in her home country that weekend that she could not miss. So uh, they had a picture in her chair, which I thought was awesome. And there were these beautiful, magnificent women sitting in their full uh, regalia of, of headdresses and, and, and beads and their hair. Oh, my God. I had never seen people so beautiful in my life, like, I was in, I was just gobsmacked and, and they were playing drums and they were setting the space, the sacred space. And, and again, I'm a newbie at all this. Sean is immediately like, Oh, I know what this is. I'm, I don't know what this is. Like, and we walk in and we sit down and I have to tell you after a day full of stressful travel and that getting lost and in the dark and Oh my gosh, we're just freaked out. We're sweaty. You know what you're like when you travel, you're just, you feel like you just want to shower now. Um, we, I, I just felt like within 10 minutes, it was like all the stress left our bodies. We were just peaceful. And and literally in front of me was Gloria Steinem. Like literally, I could touch her hair. And I didn't. I, I refrained. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh my, oh my That's God. That's a good thing. And, and where it shook up me up was that I, I felt instantly this worthiness thing. Like, okay, I'm a schmuck from rural Nova Scotia. What am I doing here? Like, who am I to sit here with? Gloria Steinem and these women who are clearly from other planets that are amazing and powerful and beautiful. And, and I didn't even have words for what they were. And I felt this power in the room and I was new to all this. And I look over at Shauna and she just gives me a little wink and I'm just like, Oh my God, I I don't even know. And people are getting emotional and crying and dropping to the floor. And I'm like, okay, that's not cool. You don't cry in public. And Shauna says, well, why don't you? And I said, I don't know. You just don't. Clearly feeling vulnerable and emotional and and deeply unworthy to be even be there. I just thought I'm taking up a seat for someone more important than me. And and I think that was interesting because I needed exactly that. I needed to get past that feeling small and mm. insignificant. And knowing that showing emotion is actually a sign of strength and it isn't a oh, character sure. flaw and weakness. And that was huge. And I, I pretty much didn't stop crying for most of the weekend, I think. Yeah. And it just hit me, and I just needed to release stuff. And, I mean, you could not be in that circle with those grandmothers and not heal. Like, that was that was the intent oh. of, of the circle. Like, if you could not change, not shift. And, no. uh, and a lot of times there were no words for what was happening. It was just it was just the most beautiful thing. I, I'll never forget it as long as I live. It was amazing. And, and it truly and- put us like me and another acceleration. It was, it felt like another acceleration was happening. That's what, that's what I was just going to say. Yeah. I was going to say that before we got there, those grandmothers had done sacred fires, oh, yeah. sacred ceremonies. They, uh, they created an alchemy. So an energy grid in that space yeah. for healing, because when they came together, these were indigenous grandmothers and uh, non-indigenous elder women. Um, from the United States and the ones uh, that were grandmothers were from a variety of places. So it was that ancient, old, dismissive of other races, other cultures, where was women's power, how did it look? You know, uh, it was that discourse and that um, disjuncted place of, you know, how the uh, women uh, who were from the United States had a sense of privilege and power just by the nature of living where they did and things that were not offered to the people who were indigenous. So it was it was a space where not only was it about planetary healing and how do we do that together, but it was literally, and it happened there with those grandmothers in front of us, where grandmothers had to heal their own um, distaste for each other. Mm-hmm. And anger and resentment and, you know, in, uh, Aboriginal women who were feeling violated by non-Aboriginal women of power. So, you know, it was a space that was intended for healing and to heal the womb of Mother Earth. And it was intended for women to have a voice and reclaim. At one point, one of the women, I think it was day two or three, stood up a young woman. And she talked about this dream, <clears throat> sorry, that she had about the grandmothers coming. I could cry just 
remembering this, and I can't remember the details of the dream to share with you, but as she's recounting it in detail, this powerful wave awakening and memory just hit me in my womb so much I I was crying to the point that I was heaving because her words were, I remember you and you told me you were coming. That's what sent me over the edge. Oh, wow. And it was, do you remember that? I do now. And in, yeah. in that moment, I could cry right now. Yeah. I knew that to be true in my body, that we had been summoned or agreed or drawn yeah. into yeah. an agreement as a soul contract together to be there with all those other people and those particular women to remember the power that we carry to remember that it's important to heal the wounds that we have with ourselves and to other women who are our sisters of other race other cultures because our job and what the whole premise was, and you can go and look on the 13 council grandmothers or what Debbie can give you the link later to to see the work that they have powerfully done since then to bring the message about healing the earth and coming together. It's about honoring our our differences and not trying to always have to be similar, but respecting the similarities, but honoring the diversity and, and recognizing that we as women are the keepers of of the earth and of life yeah. in any form even as yeah. a feminist if you don't believe in having children that's cool but we are the givers of life in our energy you know and not that that's less or diminished uh because we have a male aspect in ourselves that is the action part of us and and it's only been called men and women because that's the language we have it's it's these two necessary energies yeah, so that awake, yep. yeah, it's it's awakening. It awakened such a deep place in me. I was a mess yeah. in a good way. I was an yeah. unraveling, taken apart kind of mess in the most beautiful way. And I felt my heart literally mm-hmm. burst open in the moment. Yeah. So, so then the last day, remember, we, we had the last day. Uh, we had to leave, unfortunately, earlier than we wanted to. The ceremony, closing ceremony was happening. And Amabombo had sent over sacred uh, water that had been prayed over in her temple in um, Nepal. Kathmandu, I think, is where she is, a little yeah. out of Kathmandu. And this had been prayed over for 10 days, and it had been sent to the United States with two of her uh, beautiful, I guess they would be Buddhist monks. I Initiate, yeah. Yep. And I mean, these people just Ash. glowed, glowed, you know, with their own light. And they had this uh, water was brought to the United States, and then it was uh, combined with the water that of the river that flowed through this beautiful resort. We were retreat, um, and then it had, I believe, ochre, red ochre, and sacred ash. Right. So there was this, and, and the this, sacred. The sacred ash had been, uh, the sacred fires were to a particular female goddess um, who is the um, eliminator of all darkness. And and, uh, her name will come to me. It starts with a D. Um, And and they prayed, she prayed over these sacred fires with her yoginis for days and days and days and days and weeks. And the sacred fire made it ash and she put this ash into a container and with the red ochre and that sacred water and sent it with her initiates. Only, you know, we don't know what this is. So Debbie's getting ready to bolt. I have to pee. I I had to pee. So I said to Shauna, Shauna, you get your dot. I was, you know, I was so dismissive of it. I just, I sort of shake my head now. you were spent. I, I, I was it was overwhelmed. I was done. I was overwhelmed. Yeah. And I we, yeah. I knew we had to leave in half an hour or, or we had to get to the airport to return the car and get back to the plane and back to real life. And and they were doing this. I was just calling it the dot. I'm sure it had another beautiful name. But I, I, I had to pee. I said to Shauna, you get your dot. I'll let it go pee. I'll meet you out by the, in the lobby. We'll grab our little lunch and we'll take off. Well, unbeknownst to me, Shauna's hellbent that I'm getting a dot, too. So she's got her dot. Like, come tell. Like, literally, she would have held me down if I hadn't. Well, and it's weird because if you know me, that's not me. (laughs) Like, I'm all about your own timing and your own this, and it's not about me. But I felt like something had me in its grips in the most beautiful way that I kept hearing, she has to have this dog. Yes, yes. And I was hell-bent 
Yeah. So I get back from the bathroom and I go to get her because she's not where she's supposed to be. And and I have the audacity or the craziness to go to these lovely, powerful, spiritual, you know, initiates and say, excuse me, but we're from Canada and our plane is going to leave soon. And and would it be possible in, in any way for us to do this? And she just looked at me in the eyes and went, absolutely and I grabbed Debbie by yeah. the hand. Literally. And of course, I'm like, okay, whatever, Sean, I'm going to get the in. dot. Yeah, so I get the dot. We And tell them what the dot was, was, though. Run. Like, we didn't even, you know, I said, but, I'm but sure the I dot said, wasn't just the dot. No, it, it was wasn't. prayer and chanting. And oh. the moment that dot between, it was on our third eye. The yeah. moment that dot hit my third eye. Something exploded in me that I saw light and my body started to shake and I felt like I was filled up with uh, like the most incredible light and playful energy, like a fire that was just incredible yeah, I it, felt it, like it, I could yeah. walk on water so my my reaction was a bit delayed um you felt that right away I didn't I got us to the car I because I'm driving okay so god bless you oh my gosh <laughs> I don't know how but it was probably not 10 minutes on the road where I start feeling really strange and I look over at Shauna and every time I look at Shauna we just start laughing like we're like we're drunk as hell and or high as a kind giddy Giddy, like giddy. And I, I feel like I'm sweating and this heat is going up my back and it's in my head and my hands are burning hot, so, so hot yep. that I can't touch my own leg. Like it hurts yep. to touch my leg. And I feel like, why isn't the steering wheel bursting into flames? Like why, how can I touch the steering wheel, but I can't touch. So I, I'm thinking, oh my God, am I having a stroke? But there's this little part of me going, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, what's going on? But there's a bigger part of me going, dude, no, no problem. Let's just roll with it. And and Sean and I were laughing so hard. Like we couldn't stop laughing. And two like, red tail hawks, like two red tail hawks, swear to God, followed our car the oh, whole yeah. way. They circled the car. You remember that? And because oh I kept noticing them. And I literally think that something protected us because I really shouldn't have been driving. Like I had no, I was the equivalent of a drunk behind the wheel. I seriously was. I have no idea to this day how I got that car back to the, to the thing. And the, so we're in the, um, and I'm having we're a going really to hard the airport. Time. Yeah, we're going to the airport and I'm having a super hard time keeping logical things in order. Like, you know how you have to give your passport and you have to get your boarding tickets. And I'm having a really hard time, like focusing on that. Like my right brain is on fire. My left brain, my logical, like sequential linear part is now almost offline. So it's really a struggle to like do what you have to do. And I felt like I was like an inch or so off the ground. I'm floating. My hands are Me burning too. hot. I can't, I, I don't understand how they're not. And we're laughing. And feel the anxiety she is and laughing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I'm like freaking out about going through customs. I'm thinking, Oh, oh my no, God. Cause now my, cause now my dot looks like a, a bullet hole. Like it, it's dre it's dripping. There's sweat. And I, I look like I've been shot in the head and I'm thinking we're never going to get through customs like this. And, so she's, she's like, freaking out. And this so is, I wash this it off is pre nine 11. I wash it off in the bathroom. Like I'm like, I'm washing it off. And, but yet I'm laughing while I'm washing it off. Like it was the most crazy place. And I left my cell phone on the plane. I left all my papers, all my notes in Toronto. When we finally got there, I left them somewhere. I forgot them. And I was a mess, like a hot mess. Get home. I'm energized. I should be exhausted. My husband's like, oh, my God, you're just wired. I said, I know. And, and like, it was crazy. And I t- it took me 10 days before I, every day, I yes, escalated a lower a little bit, lower a little bit. But in those 10 days, I had dreamed and I saw a huge tree in my dream which I realized later was the shamanic tree of life. And, and I, oh my gosh, the powerful dreams. And then the knowings would just pop into my head. Like, like when I was saying earlier, there are no accidents that came in is so clear. There are no accidents in life. Like no, nothing crosses your path or nothing happens to you that does not have a purpose. And that has changed me profoundly. I, I, I have to say not, not only this, that experience of the physical thing, the, the hand burning, by the way, went away by the next morning and I had burning all through my body and any place that I had pain or discomfort, like my shoulder. I remember I've always had problems being a hairstylist with my shoulder. That was gone. I jumped out of bed after only having maybe four hours sleep and I felt just renewed and, and no pains and aches. Like I usually would in the morning, you know, when you get up and you're kind of crunchy and, 
none of that. I, and I didn't know what it was. I I had no idea what had happened. I didn't care. I just felt so peaceful and so amazing. I didn't want it to end. I, I was joyful. It was, and everyone seemed kinder to me. I just saw people through this beautiful, kind lens and nothing was wrong. Nothing mattered. Nothing could hurt me. I knew I was beyond my body. I knew for a certain fact that I wasn't just a body anymore. No. And, and I knew that it was in my head spirit. and my intellect, but I could sense yep. higher my, my spirit. And it was, it was just insane. And, and thank God I had Shauna to talk to about this because I, although I did talk to my husband about it, it until you've had experiences with it, it's really bizarre. You sound like you're crazy. Like you actually, and you start to think maybe you are like, you, because there's that other part of you, that ego part that doesn't want things to change, that wants you to be the same person you were and, you know, fears the change. And, and uh, I believe that I probably got all three levels plus more of Reiki that in that, beautiful ceremony i i, oh, I think yeah. that's the burning hands thing i think when i kept going with my training it was that. just it was just kind of uh so i had a paper yeah but i really think that's when i got it all and um healing work is is definitely something that um i love to do still and and um yeah it was just incredible so well after the, having an experience like that with you shauna you know that's I think when it was official, we were spirit sisters. I think. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. And what was really fascinating is as this energy of giddiness, it's bliss. It literally was yeah, bliss. bliss. Yeah. That we could not, and I am not exaggerating. Stop laughing. It was no. so intense. No. This bliss and joy, like I had never yeah. felt in my life. Yeah. We'd be walking through the airport and going on those airport stair things where they take you places, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're getting to your gate, and and we were like large energies of bliss bubbles and yeah. it would touch people as we walked yeah. by yeah. and it was the it was it was the most incredible thing to watch the <clears throat> reaction of people being touched by the <clears throat> universal energy of bliss yeah and remember the and pilot how it emanating with people like on the yeah home, and on, and home. so when we get to the customs and and you know Debbie's all freaked out that the dot's going to get us in deep trouble and I say look I know it's all good like because I could feel it right yeah. and so we get to the counter and isn't it a woman from a culture that that knew about healing and and um and she said to us oh have you been on a Buddhist or spiritual retreat. Yeah. And and we said, oh, yeah, okay, I could go have ahead. Her. I could have kissed yeah, her. I was like, so worried that we were going to just be like, oh, could you stand over there, please? You know, <laughs> you look a little weird. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just. So it I, wasn't was like that own. at all. It, yeah. it was just embracing. And she, yeah. she, and she said, she looked at my license and she says, oh, because part of the Nova Scotia license has master something, is a master number, I think. Yeah. And so she goes, oh, so you're a master now, are you? And we laughed and laughed and laughed. And so in the reflection, not that, you know, I'm saying I'm a master, but but it was that energy of the universal center of the being of light and mastery and love and bliss and So when I got back, I had a hard time integrating back. And I've done many, many spiritual things. But this was so profound on so many different levels. And, you know, it was so important for Debbie and I to have each other to share and to deconstruct what happened. Because it took probably two years for us to figure out that it was a Kundalini awakening. And and, um, and I had never really understood much about that because it wasn't part of the teachings I ever found. So it was a very powerful thing. Yeah, so, it was. Um, yeah. And, so and it sounds like we have 90 seconds left. Well, yeah. So we should probably close the circle. I know yeah. we'll have to get better at looking at the time. <laughs> so really but what we want you to show. know is that uh, we really want you to know that you are a being of light and that you are so much more than you see. And we hope together we can play and have fun. Yeah, for sure. So I just want to close the circle and thank all that have come to be with us today and uh, send you off on your week with bliss and light and love. And hopefully we'll see you next week. Yes. And our next show, we'll be talking about how do you know that your message that you received is really from spirit and not just something you made up. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to unpack that and talk about 
that. And we'll have, of course, a book of the week and a goddess of the week. And uh, we really, really look forward to talking with you guys again. And thank you so much for joining us for our and very send, first podcast. And send us an email, if you like, at yeah. sisters 65 at gmail.com. Or check out our Facebook page, uh, Spirit Sisters. Yes. And, and uh, drop us a line. Yeah, we have a Twitter account, Spirit Sisters 6. Uh, we'll get you there. So uh, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks. Take care. Have a great week.